Well, welcome to the House of Blues. You know, we've been talking a lot about this, and the uh, House of Blues is a, pay, a place of pain, hurt, suffering. And it's a place where a lot of people get discouraged, get wounded, and we have all been there. Some of you are there today. And it's a place that you find yourself when something unexpected takes place, when uh, you, uh, life takes kind of an unwanted turn, and it just shifts. And in fact, things can shift really quick in this life. And we often face circumstances that are beyond our control. In other words, you don't get to choose the cards that you're going to be dealt. But you can decide how you're going to play them. Choice is yours. It always is. We've been looking at the life of Joseph in this series, and I was thinking, you know, it could have been a a CBS mini-series, because it's got everything in it. It's got betrayal and deceit and revenge, attempted murder. We've got lust and subduction and, you know, false imprisonment. It's full of suspense. And the fact is, you you follow it, and it's intriguing. You know, Joseph goes from this pampered son to the pit, to slavery, to prison. And 13 years later, he would arrive in the palace. The story of Joseph covers 30 years, and it's an amazing story. And when I read it, every time I read it, I I think, I wonder how Joseph was able to face the circumstances that he faced in in such a positive attitude. I mean, it it just screams uh, that, that he's embraces life, that he's able to uh, deal with the injustice, the, the disappointments, the, the setbacks in his life, and he does it in such a God-honoring way. He does it without getting angry, without getting bitter. He doesn't play the blame game. He doesn't have a pity party, you know, why me, why me, why me? Instead, he, he just faces the situation, God-honoring, and ultimately, because of that, I believe Joseph's ultimately able to break through and that that's, that's the core to him, that uh, he's able to do that. And so what I want to do today and just kind of bringing this series all together is I want to get to the core of who Joseph is. And I want to look at the things in Joseph's soul that allowed him to succeed. Um, and I think we, we get a glimpse of Joseph's perspective, uh, what's at the core of, of his life, as he's talking to his brothers, he's kind of uh, assessing and recalling everything that's happened. He's recalling the injustice and the betrayal and the disappointments in, in life. And he says this to his brothers, Genesis 50, verse 20. He says, you intended to harm me. But God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. When you get to the core of Joseph, you realize that what really matters is not your circumstances in life, but it's character. It's character. The Bible says that your character, not your circumstances, not your situation, but your character will determine what you do with your own one and only God-given life that you've been given. You know, Joseph, uh, he knew where to look in those situations. When things shift, 
when things don't go as you planned in your life, when you find yourself in the house of blues, I want to ask you, where do you focus? Where do you focus? I mean, do you focus on your situation? Do you focus on the pain, the problems? Do you focus on your circumstance? I mean, do you end up focusing on that so much that you are not able to see anything else? You're not able to think about anything else? You're so focused on on the problem that you can't hear God saying, look to me, look to me. I mean, where where do you focus? I love uh, the Peanuts cartoons. Uh, Charlie Brown, there's one one of the cartoons. He's on Pitcher's Mound. Now, I'm going to assume that Charlie Brown was a Chicago Cub, but that's just my thought, okay? But in the cartoon, bases are loaded, no outs, bottom of the ninth. There's a little conference out on the pitcher's mound, and out comes Lucy and Linus. And Lucy's like, Charlie Brown, we're doomed. Linus goes, no, Charlie Brown. We're surrounded by insurmountable opportunities. You know. You ever get surrounded? You ever find yourself in a situation that's just tough? It's unfair. You've been disappointed. I want to suggest to you your vision is what's vital. Where you focus is what matters. And I want to give you a definition of vision. Vision is the ability to see the power of God, to see God's presence and God's plan in spite of the circumstance or in spite of the obstacles that you face. You know, Joseph's vision is absolutely clear. He is focused. He's focused on God And I would argue that's the game changer right there. It's the foundation for everything in in Joseph's soul. It's what sees him through. I mean, Joseph, he embraces his dream. He gets his dream when he's a teenager. He shares his dream with his family. But you never get the sense, if you read the story, that Joseph focused on the dream. Instead, Joseph focuses on the dream giver. See, where's your focus? So when Joseph's dream, I mean, it appeared to be shattered, didn't it? It appeared to be dead. So what Joseph saw, he didn't see a dead dream because he wasn't focusing on the dream. Joseph, when he's in the pit, when he's in slavery, when he finds himself in prison, that isn't his focus. See, focus plays a critical role here. It's a critical part in him being able to succeed because he had clear vision, because he focused on God instead of his circumstances. I would argue Joseph had great perspective. See, Joseph understood that God was with him. God was with him through the bad things. God was with him in the good things. And not only was God with him, but God was for him. You know, Genesis 39, verses 23, it says, The Lord was with Joseph and made him succeed in everything he did. 
In that line, the Lord was with Joseph. It is repeated through the story. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. And I think the writer of Genesis wanted us to understand that, to get that, to get that one plus God equals a majority in our lives. You know, why, why was God with Joseph? I mean, why did God give Joseph success? You know, those are the things I want to know. Why is that? Well, I would argue because Joseph had character. In other words, Joseph knew who he was, who he was created to be. His values were very firmly established. His ethics, his standards were not up for grab. When when things don't go as you plan, I want to ask you, do you give your very best? I mean, no matter what, no matter where you are, no matter what the situation, no matter how you got there, do you give your best? Because Joseph was dependable. Joseph was reliable. Joseph, he sold into slavery. Unfair, right? But as a slave, we read that Joseph gave his very best. So much so that Potiphar, the owner of the house, Potiphar noticed. And Potiphar, Scripture says, raised him up to put him in charge of everything that he owned. In fact, Scripture says that Potiphar prospered and had no worries at all. And I wonder today, what would your boss say? Would your boss say that about you? Does your boss prosper because you're there? You know, Joseph, he's thrown in prison. Railroaded, right? And we spent a whole, whole message and just talked about uh, the, the troubles that he faced there. But as a prisoner, we read Joseph gave his very best. In fact, he was a model prisoner. In fact, so much so that the warden put him in charge of all the other prisoners. And you find over and over and over again, Joseph, no matter what the situation, no matter how he got there, he gave his best. I think that's key. I mean, Joseph could have looked at his situation, could have focused on how he'd been wronged, how he'd been ripped off, how it wasn't fair. But Joseph doesn't do that. No, Joseph, his ethics, his his approach to life, not determined by the circumstances ever. No, Joseph decides it's about character. And he lives his life with character. Joseph... um, I'm sure, was like, you know, I don't understand why these things keep happening to me. I, I, I don't understand how things are going to turn out. But I do understand who I am. I do understand how I'm supposed to act. I do understand what I am supposed to do. You see, I do understand who the Lord of my life is. I know that. Do you give your best? No matter what the situation. When, when you get passed over for the promotion, do you give your best? When, when things are unfair, 
Do you give your best? I mean, when nobody is looking, when nobody will ever know, do you give your best? Do you give your best even when you hate what you're doing? Because Joseph, this is in the soul, he gave his very, very best. I would argue the quality of your work reveals the quality of your spiritual life. It's a character issue. It's a character issue. There is a direct correlation between the two. And there's also a direct correlation between how we work and our testimony. You know, people, people notice. They, they, they take and they watch. They go, oh, Joe claims to be a Christian. Joseph's the laziest guy in the office. He, he's always cutting corners. He, he's got an awful attitude. Joseph always gave his best. Always. And I believe we're called to give our best, no matter what, no matter what our situation, no matter where we find ourselves. And Joseph, in spite of his situation, he gives his best, and I would argue that's why he succeeds. Because the law of success is on the line. You know, Jesus put it this way in Luke. He says, anyone can be trusted in a little matter can also be trusted in what? Big matter. Anyone who does wrong in very little matters will do wrong also in bigger matters. That's a law of success. And I think too many times we have a kind of a twisted mentality with this. Because we think, when I get the big things, when I get the big stuff, man, I'll be faithful. You know, when things get better, then I'll give my very best. When I get a better boss... Then, then I'll work harder. Friends, your best has absolutely nothing to do with your circumstances. Do not kid yourself. Your best is not contingent on that. I say it all the time. People make comments. They'll go, you know, Pastor, I'm going to start reading my Bible when things settle down. I'm, I'm going to start serving, or I'm going to get in a small group when things aren't so hectic. You know, I, I'm going to get my priorities straight when, when things are a little bit easier. You know, I'll start tithing when I have more money. Do not kid yourself. Everything you do, everything you do, is an opportunity to demonstrate faithfulness. You know, Paul writes in Colossians, He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. See, perspective, where's your focus? Where's your focus? Some of you are waiting. You're waiting to to hit the big time. You're waiting for the perfect situation. You're you're waiting until you're out of the house of blues. Then you're going to be faithful. Then then you're going to give your best. And I would argue God's waiting on you. He's waiting for you to be faithful now. It's waiting for you to give your best now, no matter what the circumstance. It's a matter of character. It's a matter of character. Character's on the line here. Joseph also, because he knew who he was, because of where he was focusing, he knew what to do. You know, that's how he maintained his integrity through all this. In fact, his integrity is so spotless that you find people have to make stuff up to get him. 
he's working in Potiphar's home. Again, we've spent a lot of time talking about that, but he's being pursued by Mrs. Potiphar. You know, she's trying to seduce him. Now, if Joseph had focused on the situation that he was in, I think Joseph would have been like, you know, life is not turning out like I planned. I'm a slave. I'm I'm managing everything for this guy. I'm doing all the work. I'm not getting any benefits. Who cares what I do? But integrity was key to him. It was key to him overcoming the obstacles in his life. You hear it when he, she's she's made a play for him, and he, he says, how could I violate his trust? He's talking about Potiphar's and sin against God. There's two key components there. One was his loyalty to other people and his love for God. And as he faced those obstacles, as he faced temptation in his life, those two things kept him grounded in life. I like what uh, Proverbs says. It says, wicked people bring about their own downfall by their evil deeds, but good people are protected by their what? Integrity. Protected by their integrity. I mean, all you've got to do is turn the news on. And people reap what they sow, don't they? When, when you lack integrity, people get hurt. You get hurt. People you love get hurt. And there's just a sense that you've got to do What's right? You know, I, I believe that when you, when you face temptation and you push it away, you walk away, it doesn't always feel good at the time. Initially, in fact, I, I think it can make you pretty miserable inside. You know, I, I am sure that Joseph, Joseph turns her down. Miss Potiphar pursued him. He turns her down. And I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, i got to be crazy. What am I doing here? But ultimately, he felt right about it. But at the beginning, not so much. I mean, some of you are in that position in your life. You know, if, if you just, like, cut the corner a little bit, you could pocket an extra grand this, this month. Or, you know, if you'd uh, just exaggerate things just, just a little bit, not much. You, you could close a couple extra deals or get a few more clients. And in your mind, you're thinking, everybody else is doing it. I mean, I, I must be crazy not to. And look what happened to Joseph. Joseph, he doesn't, he just runs out of the house. And his integrity got him. Prison. He he says no because he's loyal to his boss. He's holding tight to God's standards. And the guy not only loses this great job, but he ends up in prison. And I wonder, how do you think Joseph felt about integrity at that moment? I'm going to guess he wasn't thrilled in that moment. But in the long run, it paid off. The right thing to do. The God-honoring thing to do. For the short haul, it's tough sometimes. 
But again, it's a matter of integrity. And Joseph understood that. He understood not only where to focus his life, he not only understood who he was and what to do, but Joseph understood something very fundamental, and that is he knew who was in charge. He recognized God's sovereignty. You know, as a teen, God had given him a dream. A dream that he would make a major impact in life. And for the next 13 years, life's up and down for him, right? Twists and turns. Slave. Prison. 13 years of just a lot of garbage. And during those 13 years, God did not explain things to him. God didn't say, you know, Joseph, the reason why you're a slave is because I'm going to teach you leadership skills. The reason why you're in prison is I'm going to teach you to have empathy for for other people. The reason why this is happening to you, Joseph, God, God didn't do that. And I'm sure with every situation, I'm sure with each challenge, Joseph was confused. He didn't know why he was a slave. He didn't know why he was in prison When you look at Joseph's life, I mean, he had every reason to doubt God, didn't he? He had every reason, I think, to doubt God's love. He had every reason to be bitter. Joseph may have been confused about all the whys. But he absolutely was not confused about who was in charge in his life. interesting the stability that gave him you know when he is uh, ruling in Egypt he's talking to his two brothers about how he had come to the position and it and it just screams what Joseph knew but God sent me on ahead of you to keep your families alive and to save you in this wonderful way after all you weren't really the ones that sent me here you hear that you guys weren't really the ones that sent me here. It was God. See, he, he saw God's hand in his life. And there are a couple things that I have learned through, through just living it. And that is, it is important, it is important for, for us to understand the foundation in our life, uh, to understand that, that God is at the center of everything And that God uses all this stuff, especially the pain, the pain. Some of you are in a lot of pain, maybe hurt today. That God often uses that pain for a purpose. And you usually don't figure it out while you're going through the stuff. You don't figure out what the purpose is. You can't see it while you're going through, in other words. But ultimately... You realize it. You know that God will redirect your life. God's redirecting some of your lives today. He'll do it through failure, through mistakes, through disappointments, through broken dreams. And there's something else I have figured out. Your greatest defeats can become your greatest victories. I mean... When, when you face whatever it is that you face, you get to choose. You get to choose, am I going to be a victim of this 
or am I going to be a victor with this? I mean, people may hurt you. You may get cheated. You may get taken advantage of. You may get passed over. But God will use it for good. God will use it for good. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I mean, do you trust God enough? Because I think bitterness is kind of refusing to trust God's sovereignty, that God will use whatever it is that that we're going through. You know, this world's full of bad news, isn't it? We all have freedom of choice. People sin. People take advantage of one another. Things are not always fair. Someone makes a choice, and other people get hurt. And sometimes we make bad choices, and things just spin out. That's just how it is. Life is just full of bad news. But the good news is that no matter what happens, good or bad, God will turn it around. God can use it for good. God can use it to develop you, to prepare you for what God's already prepared for you. Do you believe that? You know, I asked that the very first week. Do, do you really believe that? Because that's core. That belief beat in the heart and soul of Joseph. It's core. He trusted God. It's what gave him hope in spite of his situations. It's what kept him doing the right things. It's what kept him focused on God. It's what was the driving factor in his life because he understood that God would take it all. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. And God would use it for good to do great things. In fact, I would argue things that God absolutely couldn't have accomplished and that Joseph couldn't have accomplished any other way. That perspective, that point of view, that trust in God is the game changer. It's a game changer. You know, Romans, Paul writes this, he says, We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. I believe that verse, some of you need to write it, put it on your refrigerator, put it in your wallet, your desk. Because that verse, I believe, can make anyone an optimist. That verse says it all. You know, all things work together for good. Now, notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say all things, good and a lot of bad, work out the way we want. It doesn't say necessarily that everything ends up happy on this side of eternity. It doesn't say that. But it says we know. We know. We know what? That all things work together for good. We know. We don't, we don't hope. We don't wish. We don't desire. We don't think. We don't imagine. No, we know all things work together for good. What's all things? Hmm. Losing a job? Yeah. An illness? Yeah. Divorce? Yeah. Financial difficulties, yes. Brokenness, yes. Crisis, yes. All things work together. Again, notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say all things by themselves are good. It says they work together 
They're, they're interrelated. They're connected. Individually, a lot of bad things can happen in your life. But they'll work together. And God can take my misfortune. God can take my hurt and my pain and my sorrow. And God can turn them around. God will use them if I let him. God can bring good out of evil. God can take my sins, my mistakes, those stupid, dumb, ignorant things that I do sometimes, and God will weave them together and use them for good. Those who love him. You know, that's been my prayer through this series, that we would come to a point that we really believe that, not just go, oh, yeah, that's a nice verse. But really believe that. No question about it. No doubt. Absolutely know that it's true. That God will use the pain. God will use the injustice. God will use the hurt. And God will bring good out of it. God will not waste your house of blues. If you're in the house of blues today, God's not going to waste it. It's a promise from him. Joseph, he's persistent. He stands strong in his faith. He stays the course 13 years. Can you imagine? Painful years. He's waiting for for the dream to come true. And even though he didn't understand, he just kept at it. I mean, you think about where did his dream get him? Got him slavery. Where did his integrity get him? Prison. Where where did him helping out people in prison get him? Nowhere. I mean, this guy doesn't have a pity party. He doesn't get bitter. He just does his best. He maintains his integrity. And he may lose his dream. Because that really wasn't his focus. But he wasn't going to lose his morality in this. He's trusting God. And he's basically throughout the story saying, I believe God has a plan. God has a plan for me. Here's my question for you. What do you do when it appears that everything is running counter to your dream? What do you do? The psalmist writes, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight trust when you find yourself in the house of blues where do you focus do you focus on situation or on God where's your trust at you know when I face circumstances that I don't understand I usually ask three questions, and anytime I'm with someone going through troubled waters, I'll I'll tell them the same thing. Say, ask yourself these three questions. Is it my fault? Because a lot of times I bring my own problems on, and you've got to own that stuff. Then you ask yourself, what can I learn? What can I learn? Because there is always something to be learned, whatever situation that, that we face. And then this one's core and key. How does God expect me to respond? Paul writes in Philippians, the first chapter, verse 27, he says, whatever happens, 
conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That summarizes Joseph's life. He lived and conducted himself in a manner worthy of his call, worthy of God. See, it's not so much what happens to you, but what happens through you. Your circumstances. That's not the issue. Your character is the issue. And whatever happens, you have to make sure that you live in a way that is worthy of the gospel of Christ, worthy of the price that God paid for you. I believe one of the secrets for Joseph was the reason why he succeeded was that he honored God every day in the trivial things, in the mundane things, in the day-to-day stuff. He honored God Do you live your life in a way that gives God the glory every time? That's the mentality. That's what took Joseph from the pit to the palace. That's what served Joseph really well. Now, that's the piece that that I believe we've got to grasp. God's love's unfailing. God knows what he's doing in your life and mine. And God wants the very, very best for you. How many of you know that? I mean, believe that. Believe that at your core. You know, Jeremiah writes, uh, God speaking, he goes, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for your life. Think about that. God has a plan for you. And if God knows what that plan is, I'll be honest with this, good enough for me. I do not have to have all the details. I do not have to understand everything. I do not have to see the plans. Friends, I just want to see him. I just want to trust him just want to surrender myself to him. just want to please him with everything I say and everything I do. See, it has nothing to do with the challenges and the problems of life. Because that's not your focus. It's staying focused on him. That's the core. Your circumstances aren't the issue. Your character is. It's godly character. I'd ask you to just um, bow your heads. We're going to have a word of prayer. God, we thank you for just an amazing story. God, I am uh, always humbled by how you've used some of the garbage, some of the pain, some of the hurt in life. You truly have turned it into something wonderful. God, I know there are those here today that um, they are in the house of bliss. God, I pray that you'd give them the strength and the wisdom to just stay focused on you. 
God, help us to trust you. To believe that you'll take whatever, whatever it is, that you'll use it, you'll strengthen us. God, I thank you for the promise of your words that you're with us through whatever it is we're going through. God, we just pray that uh, everything we say, everything we do, that it would be pleasing to you. We give you the glory and the praise. This stand every day. Amen.